you very much, Richard Mutton, for coming and letting us interview you today. We're both extremely excited to talk to you, especially because we hear you on the radio often doing an amazing job of presenting to others. Well, thank you for having me and thank you for inviting me. I'm, I'm most impressed. So, where did you grow up? I grew up in a town called Lismore on the north coast in New South Wales and I attended school there until I was in Year 7 when I went to boarding school. How would you describe your childhood in three words? Fun, happy and naughty. And why is it naughty? Because I used to tease my sister uh, incredibly badly. It was just something that we and my brother used to do to my poor sister. We get on very well now, but gee, we used to tease her. And what's a memory from your childhood that stands out for you? I think the memory that stands out for me was when I was six in Lismore. The Queen visited Lismore and I went down and saw the Queen. I I remember the Queen and she had diamonds on and things in her hands. But the reason why I say there wasn't so much the Queen, three days later, Lismore had a serious flood. And where we were standing watching the Queen three days earlier was under about 10 feet of water. And that's, that's the big memory. I remember what they call the 54 flood. And everybody in Lismore spoke about the 54 flood. And we got an even bigger one in 1974. And what subjects were you most interested at school? Look, um, I've got to say this. I wasn't a good math student. I didn't like maths at all. But I loved history and I loved languages. And at school, I did, uh, in high school, I did ancient history, modern history, Latin and French. That's a lot of subjects. Well, I had to do maths and English over and above those. I enjoyed the English. Uh, Maths was not my strong point. And in my first degree at university, I had to do statistics. And it's the only part of my degree where I've got a P for a pass. (laughs) And were you very social or shy as a child? Uh, I was fairly social, actually, and I think you've got to be, considering the uh, situation I'm in now where I broadcast every day. I don't think you can be shy and be a broadcaster. And was working with radio always an interest of yours? Yes. Ever since, oh, seven or eight, I um, went to 2LM in Lismore. I saw a microphone. I saw the man on the air, and I said, that's for me. And uh, I was interested in television as well, and I've always been interested. I love it. One of your first experiences as a radio presenter? My first experience as a radio presenter was on 2LM in Lismore. I was 17 and I used to finish school in year 11, catch the bus, get out at 2LM, and I used to do broadcasts from four until six, three afternoons a week. Wow. And can you tell us about your career? Well, after I left Lismore, um, I did spend some time in radio then decided I really should do something with my life and I went and studied psychology at university and I did that at two universities, Sydney University and the University of New England. And after that, I did a little bit of psychology, but the radio bug got me again and I ended up working at two Sydney radio stations. Didn't like living in Sydney very much because of the crowd and having to commute every day. And so I moved back to um, the coast and I joined 2KM in Kempsey and I had a wonderful time there because I lived in Port Macquarie, drove up to Kempsey every day 
And I used to sometimes broadcast out of their Coffs Harbour studio or their Port Macquarie studio or the Kempsey studio. So I had a lovely time doing that. And when I was in Coffs Harbour every now and again, I used to read the news on NRN Channel 11, which is television. And what do you think is the importance of community radio? The importance of community radio is that we are here to talk to people in the community. We're not bound by rules such as the national broadcaster is, the ABC. We're not bound by rules as commercial radio is, where their concentration is on sales to make money, to make it a profitable organisation. We are have no rules. We are bound by, um, obviously, the basic rules of um, decency, but we are responsible to the Australian Communications and Media Authority, ACMA as they're known, as the acronym. They say to us, prove to us that you are a community radio station. Now, how do we do that? By talking to the community, by advertising community functions, by interviewing community people, by playing uh, community music, uh, uh, bands who are in the community by talking to organisations such as Burnside, such as NALAG and other community organisations, talking to politicians about things, talking to council about things. That's what a community radio is all about. And can you tell us um, an interview that you had that you found really impactful for you? Two people. Two people have really moved me. Um, One was a magistrate in Sydney who was talking about uh, children and how badly treated they were in the western suburbs. I won't say the magistrate's name for obvious reasons. That moved me greatly. And I think the other interview that um, moved me greatly was John Howard, the former Prime Minister, who actually was the Minister of Foreign Affairs at the time. He wasn't even Prime Minister in those days. And what he had to say about immigration into Australia really moved me. And He was very for people coming into the country and being part of the community, learning English and getting stuck into um, uh, being part of the community. He just admired uh, so many people who did that after World War II. And do you ever feel the same way when presenting on a radio today? Uh, Yes, I do. Um, Sometimes I can feel really sad when I'm telling a story. Uh, For instance, the other day... Uh, a friend of mine, whom I know, Angry Anderson, who's a rock star, he lost his son um, in tragic circumstances. And because I knew that person, I felt very sorry for the fact that he lost his 26-year-old son. It was a dreadful, a dreadful experience. And so you, you do feel that. Uh, you do feel happy for people when you hear a happy story. And so and I think you translate that by the sound of your voice uh, on radio. What other career choice would you make if you had to do it all over? If I had to do it all over again, I know this sounds funny, um, but I think I'd like to drive a train. I've driven a train twice and I enjoyed driving a train for the peace of just an engine on rails. You didn't have to steer and you could think about other things and I enjoyed that. was very, and the, the sound of the diesel engine in the background was very relaxing. I don't know whether I'd do it all the time, but certainly I think I'd do it for a while. And why were you interested in psychology? I was interested in psychology because I'm interested in how people's brains work. 
and no one in this world actually knows how anybody's brains work or brains work full stop. But I was interested in um, why people got anxious, why people got depressed, why people were criminals, why people were angry and horrible to each other. I still haven't gotten the answers, but I certainly um, did a lot of study to try and find out why. I heard an interview where you said that as well as being a part of radio, you're also a qualified school counsellor. What's the experience like to help students get through school? School counsellor, yes, you have to be a psychologist to be a school counsellor. And the experience, I really liked helping students, and if I could, but the only students I could really help were the ones that came and found me and said, can I talk to you? If they were sent to me by a teacher, it didn't work. It never worked. But if they came and saw me, uh, yep, and I established some uh, very good friendships with um, senior students, and I still get two or three senior students who send me a Christmas card every year, and I'm very interested in their careers. One of them, uh, who was at a high school on the North Coast, is now um, an associate professor at Wollongong University, and he is in the area of environmental studies. And um, well, I say his first name, James. I get on very well with James, and I was thrilled to be able to help him when he was 13. And what did you learn as a school counsellor? I learnt uh, quite a few things. I learnt that, I've got to say this, some people who are teachers shouldn't be teaching. Some students were totally disinterested in school because school didn't help them in any way. And I remember saying to one student, look, leave and get a job and you'll have a happier life. And that person did, and he got a couple of good jobs and has had a happy life. He's one of my Christmas card people. Uh, I learnt to be very humble as a school counsellor too, and I learnt not to try and take what I heard from students home with me. And that was very hard, but I did sometimes, just had to. And what advice would you give parents due to your school counselling experience? Parents are... hard question. In a few simple words to parents, I think take an interest in your child, know what they're doing, and the interest has got to extend just beyond what they're doing at school and what they're doing at home. Understand in this age, this digital age, what they're doing with their computers, what they're doing with their phones, who they're talking to on their phones. Understand that if they are being bullied, to overcome that or if they are the bully to overcome that and understand that with their career choice it's not going to be a career choice for life it's going to be a career choice probably for two or three years and they'll change and they'll change again and they'll change again why because technology and the way society is set up these days that will cause these changes what do you think it means to be a leader To be a leader, I think you've got to be a person who is honest, who listens to people, and who is not someone who orders someone around. I think you listen to what people say, understand what those people are on about, and then try and guide them and direct them in areas of their interest. But if it has to be, say, to follow a certain path, a rule or something or other like that, explain to them what the rule is and why it needs to be done. And I think if you can do that, um, then you are a leader. And I don't think uh, we have too many leaders at the moment 
in this country or many countries around the world because so many leaders these days are fighting among themselves or fighting with other people verbally or physically and they've forgotten about the people out there that they're supposed to be ruling or leading. And do you think you're supposed to be peaceful when you're a leader? It must be peaceful. It must be aggression. You can't be aggressive and be a leader. You've got to be a person who is thoughtful, kind, honest, understanding, and that's when you're a successful leader. And we've seen people like that in the world, and one person who's always inspired me as a leader who did all those things was Sir Winston Churchill during World War II in Britain. He spoke to people in the street. He understood what this battle was all about. He understood what people were fighting for, and he inspired people by his speeches. And how have you been a leader in your field? Well, I have had jobs where, um, in radio, especially where I've been a program director, and that's a very hard job because you have to decide what is going to be a good program or a bad program on radio, but you've got then got to say to the presenters, look, I think we've got to do it this way. And you've got to convince them that that's the way to present a program or to do an interview. And if you don't get that right, I think you have a radio, radio station that fails. If you get it right, I think you have a, a friendly radio station, a happy radio station, and that is projected through a microphone to the listeners. And why is it important to give back to the community? It's important to give back to the community in any and every field because the community is what we're all about. If we don't look after ourselves, who will? And I think within a community situation, anybody and everybody has got to look after not only their own family, not only their relatives, but the wider the wider community, especially in Dubbo. We've got a number of community leaders who are doing that. And we've also got a number of community leaders who aren't. And it's a bit of a shame. But basically, um, you've got to, um, I think, give back as much as you take out of society. And by doing that, helping other people in different ways. If we help people on the radio by promoting something, their organisation, they're not profit organisation, then we're giving back to the community. If we turn up to a community function and spend some of our money uh, with their raffles or buying a cake or buying a drink or putting our children on a ride, then that's giving back to the community. That's what it's all about. And finally, could you please tell us one piece of wisdom that you wish you had at our age? Oh, what a good question. What a hard question. I think, um, yes, to dream, to remember those dreams, to turn those dreams into reality and to work on reality to make your life happy and successful. Thank you once again, Richard Martin, for giving us the pleasure and excitement of interviewing you. It's been a great time and we want to say that you did an exceptional job. Thank you, Nick. Uh, thank you, Finn. I've really enjoyed being interviewed. It doesn't happen very often.